This is a download from the Clinical Audit Support Centre Limited. To find out more, visit www.clinicalauditsupport.com. This podcast features the content of a blog written by myself, Stephen Ashmore, that was published on the Clinical Audit Tools website in March 2012. It focuses and reflects on my worst ever clinical audit. I hope that those of you listening will be inspired to share your clinical audit mistakes with the wider clinical audit community via this website to be found at www.clinicalaudittools.com. At the time of recording this podcast, the blog has been read over 500 times and is entitled My Worst Ever Clinical Audit. We all know that clinical audit looks at best practice and focuses on making improvements. Unfortunately, my experience of clinical audit over the last 16 years has taught me that often things don't go according to plan. My experience of clinical audits has also taught me that people involved in clinical audits are often reluctant to share their failings and shortcomings with the wider clinical audit community. This seems a little odd given that 1. We expect clinicians to share their errors and mistakes via a range of critical incident reporting and significant event audit trails and 2. Failed clinical audits provide us with invaluable information that we can share with others to ensure that they don't make exactly the same mistakes that we have. With this in mind, I'd like to share with you the details of my worst ever clinical audit. It occurred in 1997 while I was working for Leicester Primary Care Audit Group and involved me setting up the new multi-practice repeat prescribing audit. To cut a long story short, the big mistake I made was involving too many stakeholders in the project. My initial cunning plan was to involve 10 local GPs in agreeing best practice. Remember, NICE didn't exist in 1997, and getting the GPs to help me set up the audit tools. To be frank, the project started badly and went downhill from there. Inevitably, 10 GPs couldn't agree on what constituted best practice, and from that moment I learned the optimal size for a clinical audit steering group is no more than four people. In the end, the audit did eventually get off the ground, and amazingly 79 local GP practices agreed to participate. The audit identified a number of local issues in regard to repeat prescribing, and I guess it wasn't a total failure. But alas, I fear the time and effort spent on this project was not matched by improved outcomes for patients, and ever since I have always used the repeat prescribing audit as a way of benchmarking the success of my clinical audit work. I'm sure many of you will have experienced clinical audit failures, frustrations and pitfalls that you would want others to hear about and learn from. I'm not asking for lots of details and a list of all the failures that occurred and gremlins that you encountered, but it would be great to see those of you working within clinical audit sharing a few examples of what not to do via this website so that we can all learn from each other's experiences. This broadcast was recorded on the 22nd of June 2012 and is copyrighted for Clinical Audit Support Centre team. Reproduction of this download is prohibited. Rebroadcast of this work is forbidden without the expressed written permission of the Clinical Audit Support Centre.